an ego death production. Hello and welcome to Lucy's podcast. My name is Mama Vivian Jai. Uh, this is a <laughs> large experiment. We don't know how long this is going to go. So, you know, everything is finite. So definitely uh, lock in while it's here. Who knows what's going to happen to it? Who knows how it could transform? But if it does transform, it will be with uh, today's guest. Uh, how about you introduce yourself for, for the mic? Hello, everyone. I am Quincy Ledbetter. Uh, Quincy Gerard Ledbetter. Oh, nasty. shit, government. Uh, <laughs> I'm a filmmaker, musician, and artist. All and right. I've been home with you, Mama for, you reminded me today, five years. Five years. Five years. Like, we, we, we met in hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do anything. We literally, it was... What did we do to deserve to be in this hellhole? This burning hellhole of media suffering. Yeah. yeah. Um, for those of you who may not know my history, Quincy's history, uh, we both used to work at a publication that tanked and then came back from the grave as something the same, but also different, yeah. but mostly the same. Yeah, white people, lose. white people don't lose. <laughs> it's insane. Like it's it's insane. But hey, listen, uh, those days are past us. We have had flourishing career accomplishments in the last few years. We've worked together. We've worked separately. We have uh, roasted and lambasted everyone that we've worked with. We've also re reconnected and rekindled our relationships with people that uh, are there. We've had conversations about dickheads we've worked with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, uh, we're still breathing. Yeah, yeah we're still, still breathing. Yeah. They, can't, they can't take us down, man. Yeah, can't say the same for so many people <laughs> who are at that company. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. But, yeah, this is the Lucy's Podcast. Basically, you know, if you've read the newsletter, or if you've you know been part of any conversation with me, it could go literally fucking anywhere. Uh, I like deep dives. I like talking about deep shit, but I also like being a reverend, uh, like talking about dumb shit. And uh, you've put up with that for five years. I don't know how you're still here. Like, <laughs> like Quincy's a real one because I went through you know mid twenties dissociation depression where I was like like just gone as a ghost. And when I came back, I was like, hey man, this is what happened. He's like, yeah, cool. And Quincy could have absolutely been like, nah, it's it's quiet for you. We're no longer friends. <laughs> But he, you know, he's, he's continue to kick it with me. So I always, I always will be like, yo, that's a real one. It's a brother. And I always appreciate working with him and being around him. I'm, uh, I'm going to say significantly older than you. That's, uh, that's not nice. Yeah. Like, I, like, to be fair, I'm 134 years old. Like, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm just 144. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not that. Yeah. It's, it's enough where, like, he doesn't use lingo that I don't. Fucking recognize like he's not he's not like what's up daddy yo I'm yeah. texting you from my next to, there's hey, nothing kid. like that hey hey kid hey, what's get today's mathematics yeah get over here yeah, what's today's Walk on out of the go to the, go to the corner store and get me a nutriment like nothing <laughs> no no there's no old man uh, it's always been brotherly which I've always appreciated yeah give, give me a quarter water give me one of the blue ones I really like the blue ones yeah you, you know the blue ones turn you gay however. I'm I'm better than that. I'm stronger than that. I'm built different. Like yeah. that, you've never. I've never had old black man conversations with you. Yeah. We've talked about things where I'd be like, "Oh yeah, the '90s. I was alive, but was I living?" <laughs> like I was there, but I wasn't there. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, definitely. Um, but I went through my. I understood that because I went through my twenties too. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, "Oh, I know what this." Yeah, it's a deep, it's deep yeah. depression, you know. And honestly, we coming on the other side, you know, better, bigger, stronger, brighter, harder, faster, stronger, all that. So like, it's, it's a, uh, it's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you. I feel like we, every time we talk, we talk about everything, and it always somehow brings itself back. 
mm-hmm. to like what we started talking about. And what's interesting about that is that now I've set that up for the podcast. So people are expecting, oh, wow, they're about to say something profound and bring it back. That may not happen, so please don't expect <laughs> anything out of this. Like I said, it's an experiment. Um, yo, what's, what's been on your mind? What's, what's, some, what's some loose thoughts that have been popping into your mind this week? Loose thoughts that have been popping into my mind. A lot of career stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of career stuff because... Professional. He, ca- he coughed away from the I, mic. I coughed away from Damn, the mic. Damn, I'd be straight up. I'd be straight deep throwing the mic when I'm coughing. Blah! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, yo, what the fuck, dog? Like, yeah. yeah. Just a couple of times. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. He, he's, a, he's a professional. Yeah. But. Uh, a lot of career stuff has been on my mind. It's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I, for those who don't know, I did a feature film with uh, two major studios a couple years ago that was released in 2020. And since then... You know, people tell you, like, oh, this is... And we've talked about this. Yeah. Like, oh, things are going to happen for you, kiddo. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like, get ready. <laughs> they're all from 1940. Yeah, they're all from 1940. Like, hey, hey, you made a picture. You made a picture with MGM. Like, guess what? You know what's next? And that's Paramount. And then yeah. after that, it's going to be Warner Brothers. Everywhere. Like, yeah, yeah. It's going to be money. It's going to be Goyles. 100%. Gonna be, you know? And then you do the hard cut, too. Yeah. And you're like... <laughs> I'm sitting in my room, you know, <laughs> my box is just like, yeah. when is the phone going to ring? Exactly. Um, yeah, man. So dealing with that is... is you know, I go through cycles, peaks and valleys when that's tough. Yeah. And recently, I've been all about like, man, like what's my film community? And mm-hmm. I always forget that I have like a solid community. Yeah. And um, before we started rolling, I was talking about you shoot videos. I went on like, I was kind of like in a low moment a couple of nights ago. And I went on a YouTube, like kind of like rabbit hole. Yeah. And I stumbled upon the making of the behind the scenes of you shoot videos. Yeah. And I watched that right before I shot my feature. Mm-hmm. And I got, like, there are people in the cast that I cast in my feature because I shot, saw that. Yeah. And I saw the doc, and it reminded me that my, the first time I saw it was in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking when I saw it, see, I want to work with people like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to be in, that, in circles like that. And literally, like, I'm working with those exact same people. Exactly. On a new short film. They were in my film, mm-hmm. and they're reading your shit. You're reading their shit. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, man. Oh yeah, that is the sounds of New York. Please, R A. Please, R I A. Do not take down the podcast because yeah. some wingding in a fucking Honda for sale outside <laughs> gets me gets me pulled off the internet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've been thinking about like career stuff a lot and like getting into the practice of reminding myself. Yeah. Ah oh, man, I'm, I'm moving forward. Yeah. You know? You are, man. And I think that, like, you know, I made you, I made a pledge, a promise. I was like, yo, we are going to work together until the day that I am in the ground because I'm older than him. I want to be clear. I'm older than Quincy. <laughs> no, uh, but, like, I promise that. And I think that, like, that's also been on my mind. Community in general. Um, yeah, community's hard because mm-hmm. it takes maintenance. It takes work. But it also it takes, you know, strength of character to know that you can be vulnerable with these people. You can mm-hmm. share these things. You can take these notes. Let go of these notes. And I think that, like, it's hard to come by if you don't have a strong sense of, like, what you want to talk about. We've talked about this before. There's, like, a lot of purposeless motherfuckers out in the world. They're like, I want to make this movie. What is it about? It doesn't have to be about anything. It's like, well, that's the thing. (laughs) Like, like, you're not Larry David. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, it, it, it has to be about something. And I think that, like, that's also something that I've been ruminating upon too just like this sense of community that mm-hmm. I've been able to build in the last few years and I think that like you're looking for film community I'm looking for just some motherfuckers with a good head on their shoulder and yeah. I'm not even looking as much anymore because they've been around me yeah. and I think that like this industry uh, for, uh, and for, 
but just for clarity, we are speaking about every industry, mm-hmm. is about you know who you know and who can get you to where you're going to be. Yeah. And I think that when you get into that sort of mindset, like it's a very disposable mindset, and you feel like you're just a, another cog in the machine. And you you know it. If someone is trying to sell projects to studios mm-hmm. and shit, you you then are like, damn, I'm just feeding this to a studio who's going to chop it up and make it a story that's not what I wanted to say. Yeah. And whether it was creative community or just people who I like fuck with and fuck with me, that those are the people that I've been trying to spend the most time with. And yeah. I think, you know, having been off social media for two years, it really clarified in my head, like, yo, who am I around that I can actually like fuck with and bang with? And like, mm-hmm. even in the first few years, there are people, like, oh, you're off social media, but like, they weren't really around. And then people calling me for asks and yeah. calling me for things. And I'm like, bro, scroll up. You haven't talked to me since like fucking February 9th, 2020. Like yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah man, it's, it, it's real. And like yeah. you said, you see people, you see their work ethic and you want to work with them. You want to like, you know, support them and have them support you. And it's mm-hmm. reciprocal and yeah. it shouldn't feel difficult. Yeah. And it's also like, how do you... And I struggle with this. Like, I'm always all, I'm all about, like, when I build community and when I reach out to people, I'm all about, like, how do I do this in a genuine way without, Jesus Christ. Yo, New York said, like, yo, New York's like, yo, shut that man up. Hey, yo, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Hey, nigga, fuck community. Yeah, fuck community. Dan Harmon, he made better shit. You seen Rick and Morty? Like, yeah. It's it's about these horns. Yeah, (laughs) dog. It's about these horns, bitch. Yeah, my man's part of the fucking, uh, the horn orchestra. Yeah. (laughs) The new Johnny Greenwood. Uh, But what I was saying was, like, it's it's hard for me because I want to build community in a genuine way. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, I I got into this to make friends, like, literally, because I'm, I, I enjoy being around creative people mm-hmm. and I'm at my best when I'm around people who like see, you know, n- not see the world like I do, but like people who are open yeah. to the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And that's why I, I got into a creative field, you yeah. know? Um, and when I, when I make a connection with somebody and I want to like, you know, in, embody them in my community or whatever, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm like, am I reaching out to this person because I want something from them or because like I genuinely want to be connected to them? And that's something I always worry about. Like, how am I coming across? You know what I mean? Man, that's, that's like the, the battle of the ages, right? I think that's what I've been writing about the most right now. It's, mm. like, it's being, um, cause like, I feel like we just exist in so many States right now, whether it be digital, what people think of us, how we think of ourselves mm. and like, yeah, how do I come across to other people? Yeah. And I felt like for a long time, especially with social media, I was like, man, people see this image of myself that is curated. I'm like, there's pieces and parts you'll never know. And I want people to understand that even though I'm friendly, we're not friends. Mm. So getting on, like, getting on social media helped me do that. But it is about being. And it's about you know being yourself and showing up as yourself and the self that you want to be in that moment. And I think that like, you know, what I was talking to my therapist about it is like, you know, happiness is a state it is not permanent it is a piece it's a part of the journey and i think that like in my mind i like was like aiming for ambivalence about everything Mm. i was like no i have a lot of opinions about shit that i just don't say because i don't want to come off as blank i don't want to come off as blank but ultimately like you kind of just got to say things with your chest and do things with your chest and like assume and that's what's good about having good community that you know that those people that you're saying that shit with your chest to 
are not seeing the worst in you. Mm -hmm. They're not trying to like do anything bad to you. You're not trying to get out here. No one's dropping a dime on you or trying to finesse your shit. And that's hard to come by because yeah. the whole myth of scarcity makes everyone do what they got to do until they get to the point where they're like, oh, I don't got to be around these motherfuckers anymore. Yeah. Or bite your shit, finesse your shit. And I, and I totally, I totally feel that. I don't yeah. know how to arrive as myself in some places still. Yeah, same. Um, and yeah, it's it's a journey. You just got to be around those right people. Have you, so you said you have a community, right? Like, so you found some people. Yeah, I found some people, you know, and it's, uh, a lot of it is just like, when you feel like you don't have a community, remembering that you actually do. Mm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Like, I know Mama do. I know Denzel. I know mm -hmm. Johnny. You know, and I have my wife, Yuki, who yeah. produces all my stuff. And it's like, then we have our friends who, you know, aren't in film, but they're part of our community. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? um, so it's, it's, you know, we forget that sometimes. Yeah. You know, because we, oh, you know, we're both writers. So like, Writing is very lonely. You know what I mean? Writing like, can be lonely. Unless you, be. And like, I will say that you have made me feel less lonely as a writer because I've mm. read your work and you've read my work yeah. and like my friends like your Sarah and like Ja and uh, like Jara. Like a lot of my friends will sit down and just like look at each other's work and like we'll give it a doctoring pass. Where it's like, mm. yo, this we, we I know that like you're not trying to make your vision my vision and right. I hope you know that I'm not trying to make it your vision, my vision. Right, it's exactly. Like, here are some things to think about. And I think that the industry is not like that. It's very corporate. But how can I get the most eyes, the most clicks, the most views on this? And we that's where we met. We met yeah. in an industry yeah. literally <laughs> built on how can we get these clicks? Yeah, yeah. And by clicks, I mean these dollars. And yeah. by these dollars, I mean not the ones going into your pockets. Yeah. And by pockets, I mean like those are ours now. Those proprietary. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't we, take them out the building. We were literally like, I was uh, you know, on the team I was on, we would literally make a video and they'd be like, we should have the social team look at it. And I'm like, what's a social team? This yeah. That, that was just catching on. Yeah. And they would watch the video and like butcher it in a way to get more clicks. Like, but like now there's no story. They're like, yeah, but like people are going to be really excited to see it. Yeah. I was like, ugh, you know? Yeah. Someone on the social team. I'm not going to say your name because of two things. One, like I think you're actually genuinely a really dope person. And two, I don't remember your name. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, it's escaping me. And I think it's because I saw you on social media so much and then I wasn't on it. So like yeah. people who weren't in my life kind of fell to the wayside. Mm -hmm. But I remember we did some dumb video where I was roasting Ben Carson. And I was like, boy, roasting him. And my man put a audio laugh track in there. I'm like, bitch, what sort of I Love Lucy shit is this? <laughs> and like, I literally had, a, that was like the, that's like one of two times I had a boss up at work and like, yo, Caucasian, come over here. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down. I was like, that shit can't go out in this current state. I don't want that shit to go out in any state. Like, yeah. I was just like, I was like, you made me write jokes for this quick fire thing. Yeah. One, I'm not prepared. I, I said what I needed to say. Mm -hmm. It worked. But like, when my man is punching in and out and putting little laugh tracks on it and oh. like I look like a clown cake deluxe. I cannot, I cannot <laughs> don't put that shit out. Like yeah. it was it was definitely not like it was just stuff like that where it's yeah. like there's so many like your voice ceases to be your voice at the end. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, like you were saying about the loneliness of it, it's like sometimes you need the loneliness, but like you also need to have a community to go yeah. and be like, let you know that you're one not alone and two that like 
what you're saying is making sense or what you're like it's like solitary confinement right it's yeah like you, it's like the first few days are bad and yeah. the next few days are fun because now you have friends who aren't tangible yeah, yeah so yeah. like <laughs> now you now you speak it in character voices yeah. it's not great and yeah. you know, i don't make, mean to make a joke about the prison industrial yeah. complex but like that's what it feels like sometimes especially yeah. when you're writing and you're like trying to write a, a completely different world that is mm-hmm. outside of the frame that you've built for yourself yeah so yeah what about you what have you been thinking about Man, uh, revolution. <laughs> As for the Burning this shit down. I'm no. Bring down the government. Nah, I'll, I wake up and breathe revolution, and then I turn over and, <laughs> and I turn over. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you have kids, Mark. What are you? What are you about? <laughs> You're not gonna stomp out a police force. This is not gonna happen. Yeah. No, I've been thinking about. We've talked about. I'm not gonna you know go into the details, but just like the idea of just like how we. I'm not to go into the actual project. It's mm-hmm. the Freeman one, but like the just trauma mm. and like what it does mm-hmm. to people. And I think as a writer, trauma. Like I think that like there. And this is we've talked about this about comedy. I think comedy is a place where um, it can start off as a coping mechanism. You're in a mm-hmm. bad situation. You laugh to get out of it. You make other people laugh to get out of it. But if you turn it that coping mechanism into money, you might still be coping with the shit that you like you. Deal, like now you your coping mechanism is your direct tie to validation oh, and wow. you and it's a dangerous thing and I think yeah. that that's where I that's what happened to me that's what as a stand-up comedian like I just didn't like who I was on stage and everyone in everyone a mild majority yeah. <laughs> uh, enjoyed uh, jokes and shit that I did you know and I think that like um I think that like there was so much pain and trauma. It's, we're living at a time where like everyone is going through something. Not even just the oh, pandemic, yeah. but financial stress. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're now learning about different abuses you might have uh, gone through. Uh, you're dealing with um, just family and mm-hmm. like that money stress too. There's just that's just like a pocket of it. But it's like having those things in my mind and seeing other people going through it. I'm just like, wow. Let me be kind to people because. I, I genuinely don't know what you're going through and yeah. I'm going to arrive as myself the kindest person that I can be that's what that's, that's the Midwest in me still but ultimately it's like I think we just live in this a lot of like hypocritical binaries where like it's you know people are saying like yo you don't know what people are going through and then the next day we'll put someone through something yeah and I think that like I'm not naive enough to know to say that like yo you're going to live a life free of trauma and a life mm. free of putting someone through shit shit happens but it's like we're living in a time where we are critiquing a lot of the systems that are fucking us over because yeah. they all failed in the last mm-hmm. two years. Yeah. And it's traumatizing, it's difficult, it's hard. And I think that as a writer, I use my writing to talk about social ills, social traumas, mm-hmm. uh, things that have happened to me on a personal basis and try and imbue that into my characters. But it's like trauma feels like it's a currency as of late in a oh, way yeah. that I don't. I don't know how to talk about because like when you <laughs> I can't look at a motherfucker and be like nigga that, your trauma is like $17 get out of here yeah, yeah. <laughs> big money trauma over yeah, here big money like, trauma. <laughs> yeah over here <laughs> Rick Ross <laughs> voice like yeah, uh, big money trauma <laughs> in the crib but daddy beat me oh uh, yeah you know don't, exactly, exactly. Yeah. the thing is like I'm not trying to like you know, I feel I don't want to be out here like telling someone my trauma, and then yeah. some person goes like, "No, draw four, nigga," and they're yeah. like, I, I, "I was beaten. I was there." I'm like, "Bro, yeah. I really just wanted someone to hear what I was saying." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we're yeah. all 
reciprocity absolutely mm -hmm. but like we're just not built for the current conversations mm -hmm. yet and it, like you know we're not built for the current conversations and there's whole sex politically that are trying to delete yeah. history so we can't even have the conversations that we need to have in the future because of the yeah. history we're building on so it's like i'm thinking a lot about trauma not from actually definitely from a personal standpoint and shit that i'm finally stepping out of but I'm also thinking about it from the standpoint of like, I don't enjoy what trauma has become. I feel like mm -hmm. trauma has become a buzzword. I feel Oof. like trauma, just love bombing, gaslighting, like niggas read a, a word. It's like when you're a kid, you you learn fuck, you're using fuck everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're everywhere. What you're at, fuck you're fuck fucking fuck? at McDonald's, you be like, yo, me? can I get on the McFuck dollar menu? You're like, <laughs> people are just like, that shit don't even make sense. Yeah. But like, you're, you're just right, using though. it. Yeah, it's like the same thing happened with diversity. Oh yeah, you know what I, mean? it's I don't like, even know what it means anymore. Yeah, me either. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what woke means anymore. Yeah, you know it's like I mean? we care about so. like diversity, and the same things happen to trauma. It's yeah. like commoditized now, and people are like writing about their trauma, which is great. Yeah, but now you're running into people writing about trauma for commerce. You know what I mean? I don't the literally the commodification of everything is it, it just it seems like it's a rule at this point. Yeah, it's possible it will be commodified. Yeah, and um, I feel like you know, you know, we don't got to get into you know Sean King and shit like that. Mm -hmm. But it's like that's something that also was always in the back of my mind as a writer, as a activist, as all of that shit. It's like I never wanted to be Sean King. I was tired of becoming mm -hmm. white people's one stop shop for like drop off your white guilt here and learn yeah. some stuff and donate like. It was something that I thought was a public service that I was doing that was important to me, but it quickly became all encompassing. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the stories that came out, you know, don't come after me, come after the Atlantic and shit, but like yeah. who are critiquing like the DeRays of the world and the Sean Kings mm -hmm. and like BLM. It's like we're due for these conversations, absolutely, but it's like we have to talk about how the movement, the moment it gets commodified, mm -hmm. is over. The and moment that you take in money, doing a lecture about anti-capitalism from big banks like mm -hmm. anti-capitalism by capital one yeah. like at that point <laughs> at that point yeah. you lost we lost the plot it's, yeah it's, it's cooked like what we're doing is cooked and i think that um i think that's the tool of the oppressor though easy like easy as soon as they yeah. see something bubbling up they seize it yeah and they're like how do we make this ours yeah and then it becomes corny yeah like that's what happened with protests in that Pepsi commercial it was Pepsi, right? Yeah, it was. It was definitely when it's Kendall Jenner was out. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, the revolution, the, cops the like, revolution will be Pepsi eyes. Yeah, yeah that. Uh, one, yeah. But that's that's what that is. It's yeah, like, man. oh, how do we seize this to yeah. like pour water all over it, like drown it? And it's like, oh, okay, they did the thing, and it works. Yeah, it works. It's effective. It's very effective, and it's because a lot of the people come from that subaltern explo exploited class. So, mm -hmm. like, when you get to that sort of situation where like. A lot of black people, a lot of brown people, Latino people, queer people, indigenous people who are now fighting for their rights, they don't have a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. You give them some resources. You give them a platform, money starts rolling. Mm -hmm. Now, when money rolls in, when, when was the line where you became part of the machine you're fighting against? Like, the machine is very... It's, we keep treating it as like a, a big, metal, industrial, rusty thing, yeah. but it is a living organism that will engulf, con cannibalize all parts of movements. Yeah. And... You see people like, you know, shout out Patrice, shout out, you know, Opal, mm -hmm. all y'all, all these shows, started Black Lives Matter. But it's like, at some point, BLM just became this big behemoth that mm -hmm. like, now it's like, people are, it, I, I don't think that that was their intention ever. We all started yeah. off with great intentions, hopefully. Uh, but 
it ended up being, I feel like, commodified in ways. And mm-hmm. I think it's hard because when people were coming after Patrice, which, you know, I, I don't have too much of a possession. I, I, I've met with her. I've mm-hmm. emailed her. You know, she seems very dope. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't have a possessive real investment in her that much. Um, but, like, I felt bad when she, she got something nice for herself. She bought that house out in L.A. And people were like, why are you buying a house for yourself? Yeah. I was like, dog, this is a human being. Yeah. This is also a human being who shared their story and sparked a, a movement. Yeah. And, you know, and <laughs> now there's stories about, like, I don't like how this went down. And I'm like, yeah, like, this, this is the time to have these conversations, mm-hmm. absolutely. But we do need to have a conversation about, like, when is the line too much? When are you... By the culture considered, nah, you good. Like when a rapper is like not doing well, it's like yo, he's underground, da, 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 yeah, yeah. and now he's doing fucking uh, yeah. Sprint wireless commercials, and yeah. you're like, oh, that man sold out. Now. Like, I'm yeah. like, bro, th- it's this man. We do his, the same thing to our activists. They do that easy, yeah. easily, and you know, like I have my own qualms about like the durays of the world, and like yo, my man knew branding from an early early time on. My man wore a blue vest everywhere. They're like, when you see this blue vest, that's Duray motherfuckers. I was yeah. at Ferguson. Remember they were beating my head in? Like that was <laughs> that that is what it is, and yeah. like it's a vest. It is like that always rang weird to me. And then when you hear these stories, I'm just like, yeah, that makes sense. My man tried to run for mayor, ran a book, yeah. wrote a book, all this shit, and I'm like. You're, that's your prerogative to do that sort of yeah. stuff, but because of the way that the attention economy and just also where our money and mm-hmm. funds go for black activists, people, you know, telling their story or the story of the movement, is it, it, at some point you become either corny to the people you're fighting for, mm-hmm. or people start asking questions which are valid. That like, yo, where all these kids who've been dying by at the hands of police. And you getting money for this shit? What about mm. the mothers of the movement? What about the you know the the fathers, the cousins, mm-hmm. the aunties, the uncles, the grandpas yeah. who lost a part of their family? And that's real. Yeah. I just think that like, and all, this is you know, it's hard to decentralize things because people are so busy and tired. And capitalism yeah. distracts in that sort of way. Yeah. But like, and capitalism is one of those things that, you know, even if you don't believe in it and you want to bring it down, you still have to exist in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, man. So it's like, you know, an activist gets money for their activism. How else are they going to eat? You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's like a line. It's like a gray area that's like, oh, is this okay? Is this not? But I I think it's it's the ascribing of it it's like what we just said about like all these words like trauma that get like used yeah. overused yeah. to the point where they don't what are they you know but it's like capitalism I feel like the definition of it for some people is like oh you you found ten dollars that's a capitalist look at Jeff Bezos <laughs> over here this motherfucker over here got ten dollars you're yeah. like what okay that's one side yeah. but then what it really is is a systematic like exploitation of a workforce mm-hmm. and I'm like is BLM doing that Who's to say? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There are some organizations that absolutely exploit the workforces. We know that. Oh, but it's like, I think that like a capitalist is somebody who is also trying to step on other people to get themselves to the top. And mm-hmm. like, unfortunately, when you're a person of color, there is no top for you, but there mm-hmm. is money to be found in places. Yeah. And how you move, there's, you know, <laughs> same way the FAA tracks all the flights, they be tracking your moves. And yeah, that's, yeah, just yeah. What, that's just uh, what it is. And I feel, and it's hard because it's like, I think that like we are all also gaining a new vocabulary without a unified definition mm-hmm. of things. And I think that like I don't think everything also needs to be standardized. I don't think it's like, all right, so if your traumas fit between, you know, yeah. <laughs> seven to ten, we will deal with your shit. All yeah. y'all, all y'all zero to seven niggas go that way. Like yeah. that, that's not what I'm looking for. But I just want more standardized definition 
for some of these things because like you know the word gaslighting stresses me out as somebody who I have my fucking gaslighting recovery workbook right here yeah. <laughs> like just like seeing people like I was gaslit I was like no honey he lied to you yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like did, was your reality altered and yeah. shaped and it, like have you seen the movie do you know and I think that's also something that like I couldn't stand on social media it's like the moment you start asking questions yeah. you, people will be people will be like oh you're not doing this you're not listening mm-hmm. to this person you're not that I'm like Dog, ultimately, I just wanted an answer, and <laughs> like, it's like if I'm at fucking McDonald's ordering for the dollar menu, I was like, can I get some nuggets? Like, oh, so you don't like fucking b- b- beef? Yeah, you yeah, like yeah, Big yeah, yeah. nigga? When you, you got against burgers. And, it's like, and I'm over here like, you know, now that I think about it, fuck burgers. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it doesn't need to be like this. But like, I think that also like in a time where we're trying to like have conversations about non-binary gender expression and shit mm. like that, we're spending a lot of time putting people into us versus them binaries, mm-hmm. and it's weird. It's like it's hard to collectivize when people's personal pettiness, you know, no alliteration. Oops. Yeah. Uh, but like when that comes in, it's like how do you how do you do this shit without ego? How do you survive yeah. in, a mo- in a movement? How does a movement survive when you know it's offered this money to legitimize it or give it more resources, but yeah. then now it's beholden to big yeah. capitalism and the and history repeats. I did a uh, I did a video. Um, for a big media company last year, 2021, and it was about I want to I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but it was about this big conglomerate that sort of like has factories in this town, mm-hmm. and that factory was sort of destroying some of the like culture of this community, mm-hmm. and there were people like activists like Yo, you need to stop, mm-hmm. and they were starting to like make some noise. Mm. So what this big conglomerate did was they identified what they were doing, called attention to it, was like, you know what? You got us. You're right. We're doing this thing. Why don't we give you a whole lot of money to open a museum about your culture? And not only that, we're going to identify the areas of your town where we're destroying these pieces of your culture We'll build like little gates around them and preserve them. And we'll pay you to have this museum, right? What do those activists do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They could say, fuck you. And then the conglomerate was like, all right, well, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Because who's going to check us, boo? Exactly. Yeah. Who's going to check us? Yeah. Your local officials, they're in our pockets. Yeah. Or do those activists say, I bet, stop in these areas that you've identified, give us the money so that we can open this museum. Like, what do you do? And there, there are other activists that are coming up under them. They may see that, but like, oh, well, you're in this big conglomerate's pocket, you know? And like, what, what happens? It's, it's a and I honestly game. don't know the answer. Like, who's right? Who's wrong? You know? It, it's so funny because like, what you just described, I saw on Twitter so many times. Yeah. Back, back when I was a boy on Twitter, like, yeah, it was, <laughs> I was just a simple rap scallion trying to get my tweets off. Uh, but, like, you know, I would see some activists like that. I'd just some following, seeing their movement mm-hmm. start grassroots, build, 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 build. And I'd see, like, the little the other tweets being like, yeah. I think that person's big whack. Someone, yeah. someone should say something about it. Yeah. Won't be me, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. What do, you, what, what do you heard about this person? Girl, let me DM you. I was like, oh. They did this for real? Cool. Well, fuck them. And yeah. then like, two, years, two years later, they're like, yo, this person's been toxic from the job. And it's like, it's hard out yeah. here because 
it is we have to operate within this very toxic system, mm-hmm. but also it's about redistribution, it's about collectivizing, yeah. it's about all this stuff. But when we don't have a culture of communication, we have a culture of projection, honestly. Oh, yeah. We yeah, don't yeah. have a culture of communication. Like, people are just like, I'm a good communicator. And mm-hmm. I was like, cool, why does everyone hate you then? Because it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're not a good communicator. Yeah. We have a culture of uh, projection, of you know, quick commodification. Mm-hmm. It's hustle culture is taking over everything. The mm-hmm. career economy is dead. The gig economy is here. Yeah. Like, like it's just... We have so many cultural shifts that are happening at once, and then on top of that, people are starting to make noise and get much needed and much well-deserved space to talk their shit mm-hmm. about any part of their yeah. life, whether it's the trans experience, whether it's the black experience, whether it's the black trans experience, like, people are getting that spot. But, like, once you start getting to the top, it's like people are getting more eyes on you. Mm-hmm. People will be like, oh, you too visible now. Mm-hmm. So... You, and you know, there's some people who they use their visibility well. I would say that I, I can't name them off the top of my head, but there's a few that like once they get to like the top or the middle, they start they really like redistribute. Mm-hmm. But like unfortunately, individualism and getting to the top and like oh this is my bag. You don't know what I've been through. Yeah, that's what happens. And yeah. also we just got people who are like you know you know rah 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 Black Lives Matter, and then the moment the bag comes in, they're like skirt skirt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're like my Uber's here. I'm going yeah. off to be a rich nigga. <laughs> And then you're like, what the fuck? We really believe in you. It's like, yeah, sorry, that's my fucking Bentley Bentayga outside. So let me get the fucking that. Uh, what's that? A Honda? Enjoy that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, Julio, run that fucking Honda over. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I, it's a lot. And what's interesting is like, you hear stories about, you know, to bring it back to media, because that's, you know, that's what I know best. Like, you see people come up, and, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but like, I've heard stories about like prominent black figures in media mm-hmm. and in entertainment that it seems like, oh, wow, they're using their platform to lift people up. Yeah. But then you hear from other people, like, actually, that motherfucker is, like, not doing anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. What do you believe, you know? And that's the hard part about all of this. It's is the hard that, like, part about all of this, yeah. We are rejecting objective truth mm-hmm. because we've known it's whitewashed, it's straightwashed, it is colonial nonsense, it's mm-hmm. white fan fiction. But then on the other side of things, subjective truth is biased in a lot of different mm-hmm. ways. And if we're taking everybody's individual subjective truth and painting a almost picture of somebody... Mm-hmm. It's like we're doing abstract art. We're, we're painting a Picasso and being like, yo, that looks just like that nigga. Yeah. Like, his nose is in fucking Antarctica. Yeah. And like, that shit don't make sense. It's like, fam, there's no nostrils. Yeah, well, how, it, how can he breathe? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I, I, I look at, uh, <laughs> I look at like how we have conversations and it really is a battle for who can be the loudest mm-hmm. or who can be first as opposed to like the facts. Yeah. We like, the New York Times prints retractions. Niggas don't print retractions. They delete their tweets. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that is an editing of the reality of what happened. Mm-hmm. And then and it's about... And like now we're having conversations about accountability. And it's like, yes, we need to have a conversation about accountability for mm-hmm. a lot of different people. And as someone who's deleted all my tweets, it's because I was at a time in my life where I was like, I don't want to be alive anymore. So yeah. if I'm not alive <laughs> here and I'm not alive in real life, then... You won't be able to find out shit about yeah, me. Yeah, I'm yeah, gone. yeah. <laughs> like that was what my like, mind was when I did it. Yeah. But we do need to have that accountability conversation. But we have to also realize that like nobody is free from this sin, and everybody yeah. also deserves uh, not just accountability but redeemability. Mm-hmm. But you know, 
the pri- the walls of the prison industrial complex are permeating all, all punitive carceral yeah. logics are still in our brains as people and we're just doing that to each other and yeah. I think that when it comes from the movement when you see someone put 10 years of their life to something and then they finally get like some money can buy a house and you're like yeah. you're doing fine people out here struggling I'm just like well are they still doing the fight like yeah. are they still like maybe they shift their focus maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they use it, their youth to do this and now that they're getting older like they don't want to die fighting and mm. I get that and I, I, listen, if the revolution jumps off tomorrow, I'm staying inside. Yeah. <laughs> I got one leg. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just got through New Year's surgery. Yeah. If outside there, I hear fucking, yeah. you hear the people sing from Les Mis, I'm closing the blinds and be yeah. like, I'll catch y'all in June. <laughs> like, Mia's like, I don't know if I ever told you this, this is a dumb comparison, but yeah. it's how I feel about like that kind of thing. Yeah. The last time I played basketball yeah. was nineteen ninety nine. Those of you listening, nineteen ninety nine was a year before two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Generation Z, you don't know shit about that. And what happened was I came home from college and I was hanging out with my homies or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, yo, we're going we're going to court, we're gonna play ball. I was like, Y'all know y'all don't want me out there. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not good at this. Yeah. And you know, they're like, no, it'll just be us. It'll be all good. As soon as we get there, we play a pickup game with yeah. strangers, yeah. which is my biggest fear because yeah. then they'll know. You yeah, know? exactly. And uh, I start playing and I'm stinking up the court. Yeah. And I declare on the court, yeah. my exact words, I am never doing this again. And you have Because I'm not helping. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I'm not built to help in yeah. this way. So my exact words on the court were, I'm never doing this again. And yeah, I, I know haven't yourself. done it since. Damn. You know? That's epic. And when I think about like, and this happens a lot in yeah. media companies. Yeah. Um, you know, for work, I get sent to protests. Yeah. I get sent to like cover that stuff. You know, I was in Standing Rock. I was at Trump's inauguration, which was on and popping. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Exactly. People don't know. Yeah. Like it was gnarly out there. Yeah. Um, and I, ha- I told myself, these white folks are not going to have me out here yeah. doing this for them ever yeah. again. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's for that reason, like, you know, who am I helping? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who am I doing this for? And what's the best way I can help? And that's something I'm still trying to figure out. Like, what, like, I'm on the court, what am I contributing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure that out. Man. I think, and honestly, like, you know, shout out to the stars like LeBron James, Michael oh, yeah. Jordan. You know, uh, shout out to them. When you're a utility player, you put that person anywhere on the court, they will do their fucking best. Yeah, that's the people that you want to be. But the thing is, that takes a certain type of court vision. Mm. And I think that like we're gonna make this all about basketball. The masculinity hour. Quincy yeah. <laughs> hasn't played basketball since 1999, and yeah. Bobby plays NBA Street Two by himself in his apartment. <laughs> 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 like, a little disclaimer. Yeah, a little disclaimer. <laughs> you got the. It's like when it? you're bouncing the ball and you throw it in the hoop. Like, yeah. What are we really yeah. talking about? Doing Magic Johnson commentaries. Like, oh, you know, if you want the, if the team wants to win, they got to put the ball in the hoop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. Nah, but like, I think as as some, if we use a basketball analogy, it's like we just got a lot of people on the court who think that they're like mm. they're the star, and I'm Preach. like, nah, that's not it. Yeah. Not only that, it's like. If you want to be a good player, you got to have court vision. You got to know not just what like where people are on the court. You got to know like how to set up a play. You mm-hmm. got to tr- it's about trusting the person yeah. next to you. Any sport is about any sport that's like a team sport is about collectivizing. It's about yeah. y- you have a unified goal 
and you have agreed upon it, mm-hmm. and that's why soccer has lasted so long, because we all agree this ball needs to go in that rectangle, yeah. and whoever gets the ball in that rectangle the most times wins. Yeah. Now, it's hard to do that when you got a lot of people who want to be stars, a lot of people who are on the court who never touch a basketball a day in their Preach. life, who want to be the loudest person out there. Mm-hmm. You got people in full Washington Wizards jerseys <laughs> out mm-hmm. here being like, yo, pass me the ball. I'm like, dog, like, you're 88 years old. You yeah. don't know how to do this. <laughs> like, also, you're wearing Jordan's Wizards jersey. Yeah. You don't do this. And people like, who see the game happening yeah. and they just want to like be courtside. 100%. You know I mean? yeah, they wouldn't be, be close to the action. Bottom them out here. <laughs> be seen in the press photos make, make, and stuff. Like, Spike Lee. Yeah, 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 yeah. All they out yeah. here, you know? Yeah. And I see that a lot, man. It's hard because, like, that's something that, you know, me and I was talking to the homie Mars, who's done this before, mm-hmm. um, about just, how do I say this? The, the easy line is black progress will always be limited by white imagination. Mm-hmm. But white imagination is not relegated just to white bodies black people have also have white imagination oh yeah or carceral imagination Absolutely. or capitalist imagination it's like it's not relegated to bodies yeah there are people who benefit the most from it yeah. but just because they benefit the most does not mean that other people from other races other Bro. you know marginalized communities can't also benefit from these types of systems we literally <coughs> excuse me we literally and figuratively speak the oppressor's tongue you know 100%. what I'm saying I speak two Literally foreign languages. In, yeah. You know what I mean? Th- and I'm working on a third. Duolingo, a 400-day streak, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Uh, don't look me in the eyes. I'm different. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> soy differente, niggas. Like, it's, it, it's just, it's, it's. It's that. It's like we speak, we speak yeah. the tongue. We do the work. Of, yeah. Um, it, it, it's hard what, to, when you are just trying to live and vibe to think about these yeah. things. So people shut it off. And when we talk about, you know, Plato's allegory of the cave, you see people, mm-hmm. you think, is it light or is it the real? There are a lot of people that I think turn right back to the fucking light. Oh, you like, nah, yeah. I'm not going out there. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Is, they really rocking. That's how like, people know, sturdy. and it's just easier to not. Oh, so much. Um, I, there's this, this book series called Stamped. I think I told you about yeah. it. Like, and uh, I read one of them, and they talk a lot about, like, the assimilationist mindset. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. and it made me think of really hard about like that that mindset that that perspective that like oh if we please the white folks then we're good yeah you know what I mean yeah and I know a lot of people that feel that way I used to feel that way Damn, I'm a first generation immigrant like yeah there's <laughs> like you come here it's like yo you do as America do you good money yeah also your name is now Martin Lawrence you're yeah. not Mamadou and Giant anymore right like yeah. <laughs> like that is who you are like yeah that's yeah. simulatory mm-hmm. and it's it's a mind fuck because that's not you know that that's not how anything is going to change yeah and no, no names will be said but like there's someone high profile has a TV show mm-hmm. but I know this person is does not make shit for black people, but mm. claims black people OD. Like, yo, I bang on my chest for black people. I'm like, we don't know you, bro. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Y'all here claiming gang shit. Like, niggas ain't seen you in the street doing work. Like, mm. no one knows you. So, like, there also is a concerted effort to get close to whiteness and yeah. stay close. Like, keep it within arm's reach. And I'm like, I don't want... I, I, I remember the shift in that. It was I was on stage at Union Hall. Mm-hmm. I did a set. And I was like out of my body because I was like it was I was I didn't care about it. Yeah. People were laughing, and I was like looking around. And I was like, 
fuck, fucking Lilith's gonna go home and probably call the police on a black person. Yeah. Oh, goddamn. Like, Chad is over there. He probably go back to his finance job. Oh, I made an anti-capitalist joke, but, like, he doesn't care. Like, yeah. it's not, this isn't the method. This isn't my ministry or way to, like, get this message out. There might be a better language. way. It's not my, my love language yeah. is revolution. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, stress, adjust yeah, exactly. the cufflinks. 100%. How do I bring 100%. down? 100%. I put my beret on, I put on some Gil Scott Heron, <laughs> and I take glasses, smoke a cigarette, and one long drag. Yeah, your leather yeah. gloves. Oh, 100%. I <laughs> just start saying the 10 point plan to myself while I do push ups. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. And I think that, like, that we don't have, like, the, the gatekeepers are starting to shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, but the gates are still there. And, it, and that's the thing. Like, when a gate gets broken, people build their own gate or mm-hmm. they protect. So we don't have much in this world anymore. Yeah. Like land, it gets bought up. You know, resources get stolen. Mm-hmm. Like people have at this point, all they have is that intellectual property and yeah. their opinion, mm-hmm. and we're holding on to that hard as fuck. And I think yeah. that ties into everything we're talking about with social media. Is like we're holding on to our opinion, which is our truth, which is all we can have right now, and we're holding on to just this notion that like we will be able to get get ourselves up out of this shit mm-hmm. if we just like thug it out every day hustle culture get 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 yourself llc brother like this is not it's not sustainable and i think that like when the whole economy took a hit during the pandemic and then mm-hmm. it's out here fine they're telling us to have six months of fucking <laughs> of fucking yeah. rent money and life money and cans and shit i'm like yeah nigga, nigga it's not we're not in korea like this it's right now we are in the united states it is not 1950s we're not at a war no one has that money those resources the yeah. nuclear family none of that shit exists right now and yeah. those people who lived through that and believe in that shit are still in power today yeah and trying to dictate the past in the present and there's people in the present who want to get to a better future but only to using past methods and that's it's just not going to work that way. That's the sales pitch for the American dream. Yeah. You know, like you can have a house with a front yard and a backyard and a job that you will never lose. Yeah. And they keep pimping that image out to people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people want to believe it. I even, you know, it, what's funny is like I I got hip to like the need to believe something desperately. Yeah. When the pandemic started. Yeah. Like it was January. Um we were going to Sundance. Yeah. And uh oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. We were going to Sundance and I remember Trump had like did a press conference or whatever, and he was like, The virus isn't coming to the United States. That's a that's a China thing. Like it's in Wuhan. There's like 10 people here who have it. We have it under control. And I believe that motherfucker. Yeah. And then three yeah. weeks later, I'm like, I believe that motherfucker? Like, I haven't... Like, all this yeah. guy has done is lie to us. Yeah. And lie to me. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I really wanted to believe him. Yeah. And I, I tricked myself into doing it. Yeah. That's what we're doing with this idea of like, we can get back to like what America was. First of all, America wasn't always all that. I'll say you know this: I might be the first person, but America ain't shit. Yeah. Like America <laughs> never been shit. Dog, straight up, America ain't shit. It never has been shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yo, keep talking, beloved. You saying it? Like, no, it really. America is absolutely built on image. I think that's. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so it's an you know, idea. And you know, it's a, it's an idea. Mm-hmm. And I think that like it's hard because everything's all connected in a lot of different ways. 
But I think what's interesting about like that you have the macro and the micro, mm-hmm. and I think the macro of America is projection of the image of strength, of capability, mm-hmm. of support, of justice. America is the bad boyfriend who's been in the honeymoon phase for a long time, and then shit fell apart. But we we've been stuck with the shit fell apart dude for a long time. Mm-hmm. And on the individual level, how can we ask people to have any sort of collective accountability when we do not have accountability for the brown bodies we leave mm-hmm. everywhere we go in the country mm-hmm. america's borders borders that have been created but under the guise of colonialism and yeah. these states that gerrymander so they can not give power to people who can change the way yeah. the things are going in this country it is all about the image and the image is always going to be this white cis heteropatriarchal bullshit yeah. and it's hard to tell people that the Amer- especially my parents like not just like i tell my parents a lot i'm like yo y'all came here in the 90s i'm not saying it was easy for you mm-hmm. to do the shit that you needed to do to, to assimilate. You did what you needed to do to survive. However, the economy you came into and the economy that I entered into leaving college, yeah. completely different. Yeah. And it's, the, it's... The economy I entered into mm-hmm. is completely different from the economy you entered into. Exactly. And, that, and, and you tell me, this country is not stable, bro. Like, yo, yo, so fragile. And we learned that in the pandemic. Yeah. Like... Oh, this shit fell apart in a week. America got to stay home because its car getting declined everywhere. Yeah, like it not it's nothing like, is wow. set up to succeed in a way. And also, this man that we had, of course, we had we literally had a maniac at the helm yeah. of this shit when it was going when this shit was going down. But it's like I I try not to continue to talk about Trump because mm-hmm. one we I mean he, we've seen the Colbert yeah, <laughs> the Colbert yeah. show we every comedy show. Burnt that shit to the ground. Oh, yeah. Guess yeah, what? Yeah. At some point, now you're old man yelling at Cloud. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 like yeah. you're calling him old man yelling at Cloud. It's like, yeah, are your jokes changing things? Yeah. Oh, cool. Are Do people feel better or do they feel better than someone else? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, which are two different preach. things. Which are two completely different things. Do different people thing. feel better or do they feel better than someone else? And Whoa, mama dude. <laughs> listen. <laughs> listen, the hip hop variety hour might, might have to kick off in a second. Bars. Yeah, start putting some fucking Kanye beats on. Start <laughs> rapping over them. <laughs> what does it say? Uh, <laughs> mayonnaise color whips. It all falls. Yeah, dog. I mean, honestly, we're getting very close. Like, revolution is on the lips of the people. I said yeah. that literally in an application for something the other day. It's on, mm-hmm. like, we got to stop pretending that shit is going to be cute for mm-hmm. any longer. It's shit is going to go sideways if some shit doesn't change. Like the the whole country was <laughs> during a pandemic, niggas risked their lives doubly to go out and mm-hmm. protest for shit. Like that was the tip of the iceberg, hopefully. Yeah. Because what did they do? They gave us a holiday. Some some dude went to jail. Some other dudes went to jail. Brianna yeah. Killers uh Brianna Taylor's killers still oh, walking okay. the street. People been shot the exact same way. No, no knock warrants mm-hmm. all over the country. It's like it's what has changed. And those are individual si- stories, but like somehow the NYPD has become stronger. Yeah. We have this fucking Donatello Ninja Turtle looking motherfucker as mayor of New York City right now. <laughs> yo, yeah. Eric Adams is so. Yo, Eric Adams is a clown. I'll say that. Yo, I'll say that on my chest. I'll say that to your yo, face. This nigga sucks. Like, that I, video I, of him going through the bedroom. Yeah, I saw that. First of all, if I didn't see that. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, it's okay, it's funny, it's a good dude. But I saw that, I was like, oh, this dude is like out there. You know what I mean? I'm surprised people saw that and were like, yeah, that guy. You know, because he is uh, he is you know, a New York a New Yorker like you know conservative New Yorkers dream. He is yeah. a pro cop 
Negro. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Eric Adams. Yes. <laughs> like, like 100% if my daughter's to date a black guy, it should be Eric should Adams. Eric fucking like, Adams. No, and what's yeah. crazy about him is like, like, listen, cops have been on my neck before. Mm-hmm. But like, I was never like, my man got the shit beat out of him as a cop uh, by the cops when he was a kid. He goes like, "So I decided to become the cops." And I yeah. was like, "Is this a movie, bro?" <laughs> I get, <laughs> like, I get that though, because it's like, "Oh, these people have power over me." Yeah. The best way to protect myself is to become them. Yeah, but you know but I mean? I, and you know, I'll say this: he's a fucking idiot. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm just like now cops. Feel like they have a pro cop marriage. Bill De Blasio was getting sunned on the regular by the cops. Mm. Like the cop, I, he went to some funeral for a cop, and they all turned their backs on yes, him. Yes, I like, remember that. All that like, shit. Like geez. he, Bill De Blasio is a you know just dipshit. Like I hated him as a mm. mayor, and like he's also like New York is having crises, and he's out in Iowa trying to be president of the United States. Like no one wants to vote for you or your <laughs> black son. Like get the fuck out of here. Like I, I just think that like we as Americans now, which is still a hard thing for me to even admit. Like, I am Mauritanian first. Mm-hmm. But, like, Mauritanians will see me as American first. It's, mm-hmm. again, who am I? How do I show up to different people? Mm-hmm. But I think that, like, the there is a schism between what America is and what America projects itself to be. Yeah. And America is, uh, you know, it's a Snickers wrapper. Like, yo, it's about to be delicious. It's got some peanuts, a little bit of nougat, maybe some <laughs> chocolate. Got a little dick vein on top of it. It's going to be... <laughs> It's gonna be delicious, and then you and then when you open it, it's straight cock. It's an actual just doo doo. It's like oh doo-doo. shit, yeah, just the dick covered in shit. Oh god, <laughs> I put it on my lips. Like you're like, it's not. It, it fucking sucks, yeah. and it's like that is just where we are. And I think that as people, we just need to, if if collectivizing is to be, you know, the goal here, it's not that we need to make concessions and let people go. It's just that we have to keep our eyes on the prize mm-hmm. and like hold the people accountable in the ways that we know how, which sucks. Cause like, nigga, I don't want R. Kelly to be in jail. I want him to be not on this planet. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I want him to be in the negative zone from yeah. fucking Marvel comics. Like yeah. I want him to like not be around, mm-hmm. but I don't believe in prisons, but mm-hmm. like, that's what we have right now. That's yeah. the, all the things that we're fighting against are all we have. Yeah. And it's like, you know, when we watch, you know, TV and movies, I want to dissect the things when we're creating yeah. that we are experiencing. I yeah. want to, but I also, that is something that has changed in the last few years for me. Mm-hmm. I would like to invest more time into creating worlds that people would want to live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And because abolition is about that. It's not just about all of the, you know, abolishing carcerality mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, being anti-police. It's, it's also about creating a world together that we all can live in that is going to be better than the one that we live in now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And America is very trial and error. But when it comes to these things, people are like, well, what are we going to do with the rapists and the killers? And it's like, I regret to inform you that the rapists and the killers are our police officers. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I regret to inform you them niggas are the ones you call in every single time you see a black person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah, I don't yeah. know what to tell you about yeah. that. So um, it, we, it, I want to, in art, explore that. I like to make yeah. escape. Like you read Freelancers, Escape is Fantasy about yeah. robbing a billionaire. Mm-hmm. It's because like, but we can still have some other important conversations, representation in there about collectivizing. I want to make Freeman and I want to talk yeah. about like what does a perfect utopia look like mm-hmm. and why can't, <laughs> why shouldn't white people be the architects of it because they mm-hmm. don't understand what really needs to be changed mm-hmm. not all like collectively sure there's individual social workers people yeah. who work in these uh, like you know city planning and stuff like that mm-hmm. who understand how America was fucked up by highways and shit mm-hmm. like that but like ultimately what do people think black people need 
I don't go to white people for that. Mm. Like we told, I said this before, we told white people to like, <laughs> to like, yo, go learn about racism. And they watched the help. Yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> they just turned on the help. The help. They went and watched yeah. the help. And I'm just like, I don't like, dog, there's so, like we did it. Yeah, exactly. We wow, wow. Yeah. But like, she forgave her at the end though, so it's a little different. Like, yeah, yeah they watched like 12 Years a Slave Right after the opening credits, I'm like yeah. ah, cool, I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 12, 12 minutes of slave. Yeah, wow. twelve minutes slavery of slavery was short. <laughs> twelve minutes. I think it's like four hundred years. Twelve. Wow. Yeah. Um, slavery was twelve years. Twelve years. That's, That's not that bad. Yeah, guys. exactly. Wow. You know, 12, I was in grade school for twelve years. You know, you know it's crazy. Yeah. You know, this might be problematic. I'm gonna whisper a little bit here, but like, you know. Shout out to like you know that's it's really efficient to get all yeah. those Africans over here. <laughs> <laughs> Only in twelve years. Like, do you do you think that there's because prison reform is a big thing for me because mm-hmm. like and that's one of those things. It's like climate change. It's yeah. like that's one of those things. Like yo, this isn't this isn't like what we have going on now. Yeah, is not working. Yeah, and we all know it. Yeah, and everyone knows someone. That has been to prison, or that everyone has one degree of separation from someone that's incarcerated, incarcerated, yeah. you know, or has been. Yeah, and like we all are hip to what prison does to people. Yeah, and how ineffective it is at reform. Yeah, but we're still all about not we, the, not you and me, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. as a as a populace, we're still like. Send them to jail, throw away the key, that kind of shit. Yeah. And it's like it's like homelessness. It's like we really need to do something for the homeless. And it's like, all right, so like there's this vacant lot in your community. We're gonna build a shelter there or we're gonna build tiny homes for people. Mm-hmm. Like, no, not next to my building. You know? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's mm-hmm. our our approach to a lot of things. How do we shake that? Black progress is always limited by white imagination and that mm. white imagination is in the bodies of people who are people of color who, who may who, they, it still is in there mm-hmm. we still say go to jail and throw away the key put him under the jail we still say that because that has been the main mode of operation in this country we do not have a system of rehabilitation you go all the way back to like school going back in time prison a school pipeline mm. going that direction you look at school and it's like it is punitive we're learning punitive practices there's no space for rehabilitation because there's no investment in education in this country because if you invest in education you know, people will know that they are being fucked over and exploited yeah. and if they know they're being fucked over and exploited this whole shit <laughs> falls apart yeah. yeah this whole shit falls apart and I think it, it is that it's it's and this is, and I, I talk about this often mm-hmm. with you, especially like being on that bridge during the protest with Yadoye and mm-hmm. all these other people. I was acutely aware of how many people know what is the right thing to do, but when push comes to shove, won't do it. Mm-hmm. There was a moment where they were just like, "All right, allies with bikes, get to the front." And this nigga next to me with his Schwinn was like, "Allies with oh, no, mine is, mine is Ryan." Like <laughs> to the front. Oh. Police are. Yeah. Oh, they want to protect you. I don't know you. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna get my bike and skirt skirt out of here. And my man got on the bike and yeah. skedaddled. Like Dude, it just. Yeah. At Trump's inauguration, it, you know, not the same situation, but similar. Yeah. I was, uh, I was, at, I was at Trump's inauguration acting as a photojournalist for a yeah. media company, mm-hmm. and I was in front of a line of police, batons yeah. out, right yeah. gear. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I was, you know. There, you know, I was in the zone. I was like, I forgot how unsafe that would be for yeah, me. You exactly. know, black boy with a camera. 
you know, yeah, in front of all these cops, like, 100%. literally looking at me like, the fuck is you doing, you know? Yeah, man. But taking a picture of them and sort of like between me and this, this line of cops in riot gear with batons out mm-hmm. were a gang of white people tearing up D.C. Yeah. Tearing up the city. Mm-hmm. Um, burning trash cans. Mm-hmm. Breaking car windows. And I heard one of them say, if we rush them, they can't stop all of us. And I was like, fam, I'm standing right here. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my God. I was like, what the fuck? You don't see me here? Like in front of them? That you was, know what I mean? That's the shit with the cops though. Cause like, that's how I felt during the protest. Cause like white boys were running around doing anarchist shit. Yeah. There's some anarchist niggas. It's Antifa. Yeah. Like, I get it. Yeah. Like, but and I'm with it. Like I'm absolutely like damn social all the way. I don't like a lot of the community because a lot of it is white people who want to like pretend that we should focus on class and not race. And I'm like, nigga, you're racist. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, Brian. Yeah. But like, yo, cops would be seeing white people like throwing trash cans through windows and be like, come here, African American. Like, yeah. Bro, like, we're yo, seeing the same. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Dog, I will say during the protest, I say this a lot. I was outrunning mad cops. I'm like, damn, your cardio regimen. I know, Yo. I know, I know you at Planet Fitness right now with a bagel on your chest and just yeah. getting, just getting medium. Unless you get one of these like, you know, peacemaker looking cops. Yeah, you can outrun. Oh, 100 percent, dog. Yeah. This this cop came up to me and Yadoye and like the people that we were with while we were in Union Square, and like these cops came out of nowhere on bikes. And I and, <laughs> and let me tell you, that was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. I was like, look at the fucking Tour de France. And they came, they came and they the wild man and put the bikes in front of us and be like, you're not gonna go anymore. And I'm just yeah. like, dog, you look like an orthodontist, bro. You're not this is a joke. Who's who's doing this? Is it you, De Blasio? De Blasio, you funny yeah. motherfucker. Get out of here. But then like then it got serious because then like, you know, with the cops, you got the blue shirts and then yeah. and the, the B cops, and then you got like the white shirts with the desk cops. Mm-hmm. The desk cops came out, I'm like, bro, I know you be at your desk eating just strong bully all day. You're not <laughs> catching me. And I was running. I remember that night, uh, you Doye was like, I, we got split up, and I really thought I saw some dude because sh- Yudoye and I, you know, we, we wear flat kicks, we a little different. Actually. Yeah, and I saw this dude like getting worked by cops, and I like went back, and I saw the person wasn't Yudoye, and oh. I was like, all right, all I can do is bump this cop, keep it going. And yeah, I bumped yeah. into my side, it's like, go. <laughs> but like, it was it, like, yeah, I saw about this protest time because like at at the time. Again, it's court vision. Mm-hmm. When you are black, you are, and when you are a person of color, I, I don't want to use BIPOC. I feel like it's overused. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna speak from a black experience. When you are black, you are not given the luxury of just accepting the world that you live in, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know that this game, it, it's like you, you have to play it till you die. Yeah, like, it's, it's a game you play consistently. Yeah, and then when people say play the game, and you're like, bro, I don't want to do this. They they're like why are you getting so it's just fun it's just, like yeah. I, that shit happens in so many parts of my life mm. and when it comes to the protest I'm just like I'm acutely aware of how many people know what the right thing is but they don't know what needs to happen to get it they know prisons are bad it's like okay so what do we do and it's like oh I, I don't know it's like well we should probably you know start using some decarceral logic yeah. we should protect we protect us not deal with the cops mm-hmm. you know have you know and you know. It's all about like that, but like there's so much shame to not knowing that shit that yeah. you're never taught, right? Yeah. You're never taught. It's not an education. And I think that's how I felt about like, you know, I'm not going to get into it a lot, but about like transness in the conversation mm. with Dave Chappelle. I'm just like, that man is saying some ignorant, dumb shit right mm. now. Like, shout out to him. He, when I was a child, this was the, you know, this is the goat of comedy. As an adult, mm. I still think he's a very talented 
comedian and commentarian. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: everyone has blind spots, and when you keep leaning into it and you have no intention of yeah. learning it, you're trying to bend the world to your will and not letting people critique the art form that we do. Mm-hmm. Like, then I can't, I can't bang with you. But I also have to be realistic. With I can't remember any time in education as a child where I ever learned in this country about anything outside of a gender binary. Oh, and yeah, I can't yeah, tell you yeah. any time where I was like, we learned about we, anyone who was gay or queer or anything yeah. like that. So you're telling people who never, who, in this country, who will never understand transness because they might not be close to somebody or they might have grown up with that sort of toxic masculine homophobia, yeah. low level, high level, whatever, what have you. You're asking them to just understand your experience with no scaffolding ever. Yeah, Y'all niggas don't understand black people and you at least know who Martin Luther King is. Yeah. And... There, and again, it's like uh, it's hard because it's it, it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, but people want it to be one truth, one truth only, yeah. and it's very difficult to get to what the middle is. And I, I, I again, I'm and to put yourself out there to be like this is what I think and believe. Shout out to y'all because I'm doing that yeah. on social media. I'm, I am I, I realize that I, I've just become you know. 100% Wonder Bread soft buns because mm-hmm. I would, I used to want to fight niggas. Yeah. When, I was, when I was working when we were working and my yeah. man was giving me like fucking death threats and I was like, nigga, you in Anchorage, Alaska, nigga, don't make me come up there. <laughs> don't make me get all the sled. You're looking at plane tickets. Nigga, oh, I'm <laughs> looking at lunch at, break. Nigga, no, I'm sled dogging all the way the fuck up there. I'm getting Balto <laughs> himself. We running up on this nigga. But like, it's, it, it's, it's just difficult to continue to like come back to this point mm-hmm. where we all the America is a complex place, and like I said, the macro and the micro people are complex. Yeah. People are not one thing; they are many things. America is not one thing; it yeah. is many things. It is still a land of opportunity. If you're coming from a land of no opportunities, yeah. <laughs> it's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think that the battle right now is for whose perspective is going to win. When the reality of the situation is, is like there are some perspectives that are absolutely wrong, mm-hmm. but they have been fed misinformation from the day they stepped yeah. into a kindergarten. And there's some people whose perspectives are more right, yeah. but they're not complete because of the way that they've been disenfranchised from their yeah. own history, from their own stories. I was talking to uh, my friend Danny's mentee, and she, and she was talking about indigenous people in a school of indigenous like kids learning indigenous history from indigenous people, mm. and brought a tear to my eye. I was like, mm. that's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I, was just, yeah, yeah. I was just like, and I, sometimes I watch movies and I feel nothing. I'm like, wow. You really did that. You really got a lot of people. I read the credits. That's a lot of people, nigga. You did that. But when I hear stories like that, I'm just like, that's beautiful. Like, just to hear people hearing the story from their own people, from their Mm. own tongue, and preserving what you have left. And I think that, like, America, in my opinion, there's not much to preserve outside of the contributions to the culture that black yeah. that blackness has has contributed yeah. that Latinxness that indigenousness like the, the indigeneity like there's so much in this country that like can trace directly to how it's been stolen from other people and it's yeah I have it's this, frustrating I have this theory about white people in general I think that specifically American white Professor Quincy yeah. coming on the ones and the twos just my glasses <laughs> yeah. a wild a wild <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pops up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, um, I thought about this the other day. Uh, Lisa Ling has this new series on HBO Max, which is about Asian cuisine. Yeah, um, and like its contributions to like the cuisine of America. Mm-hmm. And I thought about like what would America be without 
people of color. You know what I mean? Like, we literally, like, made this country. But if they never stole us or exploited us, then what would America be? What culture would American have? Because American culture Mm -hmm. is black culture, is Asian culture, is Latino, Latinx culture. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think one of the... I don't want to call it a plight because, you know, I don't know if I don't, I don't know if the what I feel is sympathy. But one thing I recognize mm-hmm. is and again, not, I don't want to speak in generalities because of course there are exceptions, there's nuance here, but mm-hmm. what I notice a lot of times is white people seize on a culture, you know? And I, I see it a lot in like people who seize on Confederate the Confederacy, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what else do they have? It's also it's very because Every, everything is ours. I mean, I used to I used to do the joke in stand up, just being like, "Yo, when you see a white lady doing cultural appropriation, you let her do that. That's her culture. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like like that's who she is. Yeah, all right. <laughs> These colors don't run. Those colors will run. Yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah. That's her culture. Yeah, you do that. Go that's Annabelle. deep, man. That's deep. That's right? smart. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. see a white woman who's out here, like you know, wearing like when you see Gwen Stefani with the Harajuku girls and mm-hmm. wearing the hoop earrings and shit like that. I'm like, yo, that is peak white culture. She's yeah. Yeah. All the she had all the infinity stones. Yeah. It's 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 <laughs> wild. But it's like what else? Yeah. No, like I, I don't know what it's like to not have a culture because I'm black. Yeah. But like white Americans specifically, mm-hmm. um, like they're white Americans who are Italian. Mm-hmm. But even like Italians weren't seen as white people until white people were like, We need more of us. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean so it's like a lot of like white Anglo-Saxon, yeah. like American yeah. people, yeah, yeah, yeah. like take from other cultures yeah. because they don't, if you're born in America and you're white, you kind of like, everyone has a culture but you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's interesting that you say that because that's, that's where a lot of my thoughts have laid to because mm-hmm. like, you know, typical white liberal people, right? Like. I, I, there's something in them that I know they generally care, but it's mm-hmm. like, what is your culture? And it's yeah. like, when we go back to rock, rock was stolen from black people. We go to mm-hmm. jazz, jazz stolen from black people. Yeah. We go to rap, like, come you know, on. I mean, yeah. shout out, shout out to, you know, even, young, con- young, young. even country, bro. country. And that's the thing, like, everything, food, cuisine, like, yeah. that is a very interesting thing to continue to bring up. Mm-hmm. It's also very hard to convince people because they've been indoctrinated with lies their entire life. Yeah. People have been intentionally suppressed from getting their truth out there mm-hmm. because if they get their truth out there, then this whole shit falls. It all comes yeah. down like if the truth gets out there, it all falls apart. So there is a concerted effort to keep people quiet. Mm-hmm. And when you have enough money, resources, or the fuck, you're fucking McGraw Hill or Scholastic, mm-hmm. and you have you're printing these textbooks, and you know lobbyists are like, hey, <laughs> make sure they don't learn shit about Rosa Parks. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, might, it, it, it can and go it, down the, like the that. black. You know, history they do cover is lar- by and large assimilationist, and history. it's also forced assimilation. Mm-hmm. It is, and you know, I, and that's in like I think that like when I said it earlier, everything is connected. Is like when you look at like films that Black people get to be in, it is only from about struggle. We already mm-hmm. know that that's not a, it's not a new thought, but like 
it is struggle that is inflicted upon them by whiteness. Yeah. It is periods in black in black history that where whiteness was in there. Yeah. How, how are you gonna make a movie about the Mali Empire when you don't even have that's like not written text? There's yeah. there's some there's there's mm-hmm. some people who've done it, but there's just it's not it's not the same way right. that you know white text has been written. The Romans, Shakespeare, the Greeks, mm-hmm. like we're not having that same conversation and that same sort of like detailed recording from all these different places that we're piecing that together. <laughs> But if we did have that, there's not a concerted effort in piecing that together for people of color. Because mm. when they put the that's the thing, when people of color put the pieces together, it's a pack up for you. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When like you know, you know, like whenever a white person says something, wow, this uh, some black person be like, man, this white person said this, and it's like, word you too, and then it's over for you. Yeah. Like at that point, like fucking, and I, and I, how do I say this? I I think that. So much, and this is time. Wow, we might actually loop it back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Like I said, again. Um, <laughs> so much of what people of color have created in this country and in colonized states around the world has been under the thumb of colonization, and it is built of struggle. The mm. foods, the music, the like, the, just the ability to improvise. The fact yeah. that, like, you know, Grandmaster Flash and them, like. They saw like fucking turntables, like I'm gonna put my hand on it and I'm mm-hmm. gonna do this instead of just letting it play. Yeah. And that just changed, changed the music. World. That's it. Yeah. It changed the world. Yeah. Like things like that, those innovations only come from scarcity and mm-hmm. also from just creativity and from struggle. And mm-hmm. this is the loop back. Does trauma define who we are? Oh, wow. Does struggle, who are black people in this country and around the world without trauma and struggle? And the thing is, I'm not saying that from like, oh, we don't have anything. It's like, there was something there. Yeah. But why do we never focus on that? Why mm. is there a concerted effort to only focus on what white people have done to us and how we've survived it? And why yeah. do we always find a way to make a white person in that movie sympathetic? Like, you watch Hidden Figures? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when yeah. my man knocks down the bathroom yeah. side and like, let her go to this bathroom. I'm like, oh, come the fuck on. Yeah. Like, I was, I was yeah. just like, that nigga didn't do that. He didn't do that. <laughs> he said pee on the floor right here. What are you talking yeah. about? Get, so back get, get back to Get back to Do back your math. You think Pythagoras takes do breaks? Do your fucking math. Yeah, man. get on yeah. here. <laughs> um, nah. I don't know, man. I think that, that's a really, I, you know, I have to marinate on that. <laughs> Quick, what's he looking off into the distance, yeah, boy? Yeah, the marinade on Yo, that. my man is looking at the fridge. Yeah, looking at the fridge like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, uh, that is deep because, like, I wonder, you know, as artists, you mm-hmm. you know, there's the artist trope. It's like, you know, art comes from struggle. I don't buy into that, really. Yeah. But I do know that when uh, when people, people say, write what you know, tell your story. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, it's, I write the best. Yeah, you know, um, and my the well that I often go to is trauma, not knowingly, mm-hmm. but like I look in, I look at like what are the stories that define me that I think are the most interesting, and it's like the things that changed me, and the things that changed me mm-hmm. usually is surviving something mm-hmm. or getting through something on top, mm-hmm. you know, like. There are other things that change me, like mm-hmm. the first time I heard Radiohead, the first time I heard The Beatles, the mm-hmm. first time I saw Waking Life, but I can't write a movie or a TV show about that, you yeah. know? But, you know, when I learned about racism, like, there's a whole thing, you know? And it's ironic that the most successful thing I've done 
is the animated short that I did, The Black Disquisition, which is about the most traumatizing thing that ever happened to me. You know? Our body... Um, no, the book, Our Body Keeps Score, but it has a mechanism where it remembers trauma a lot mm. more than it remembers joy. Because joy yeah. is... You know, this is this is neuro. You're welcome, mom and dad. Uh, this neuroscience degree is gonna get put to work for the next <laughs> minute. But like joy, you know, it has a place in our hearts. Mm-hmm. It has a place in you know defining. Like this is a place where I want to be. I like coming here. It makes me yeah. comfortable. Makes me feel safe. But our bodies, from the beginning, this is what where the trauma comes in. Is like evolution. If we are to believe that, that is mm-hmm. the prevalent theory is built on, yo, this thing bad happened to this person. I'm not going to do that because yeah. I'm not going to eat them red berries because this nigga is clapped on the floor next to yeah. me. Ooga booga, don't eat the berries. <laughs> like, like, that is what it's built on. Yeah. So, like, if it, our brains know, oh, this bad thing happened, I don't want to be in that situation. Yeah. Whether it's sexual trauma, racial trauma, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, it, our bodies remember yeah. that. So maybe there's something evolutionary mm-hmm. in there that also ties into the artistic part because, again, we're the only creatures on Earth who have the, the fucking yeah. brain volume to even process and build abstract things and build mm-hmm. stories and put things like that together. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just like a... It's very interesting because I just don't know what the answer is to that. Yeah. And that's why I have a show that I want and you know about it that is about what are we without our trauma? What, yeah. What... what what does that do to us? Because There's, again, it's it's the multiverse. It's yeah. Like without an absolute point of things that have happened to me, mm-hmm. I would be a different person. Same. If I change, I would like if I had not been through what happened to my sister in 2016, what yeah. happened to me in 2016, it would. I would be a very different person. But would I have been better? Would I? Have, would we have still been friends? Right. Would I have met Maria? Yeah. Like it would. Like like mm. I have a. I have to, one, be upset that these things happen to me, but I also have to accept in my heart that I am in the place that I need to be right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now with those skills, I can't just like, I can't be like, oh, guess I got sexually assaulted. Time yeah. to go back and get sexually That's just not, I can't do that. But I can say, all right, now that I know this, I it's not just my you know prerogative and responsibility yeah. to tell the people about this so they feel safe and also to help other people understand that like they don't have to live like this and yeah. that's we talked about escapist shit that doesn't mm. have anything to say yeah. I'm like I think it's necessary but I'd much rather talk about the thing that we're trying to escape yeah. pretending there's a monster is not there does not take away the monster exactly it just reminds you that at the end of 42 minutes when you turn off the TV mm-hmm. and you're done seeing everyone shaking their ass and dancing yeah Work tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, work tomorrow. Got to go deal with yeah. shit. Look crazy ass out here. Tell me <laughs> if you want to touch my hair at the office. Like it's yeah. it, it's a lot. There's a uh, some stuff I'm writing now. Well, you read the the pilot that I wrote, American Dex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, <laughs> it's very fun. Thank you, man. Thank yeah. you a lot. Um, and there's another feature that I'm starting to write. Um, and but the interesting thing is, you know, I got my roots in comedy. Yeah. Um, and both of these things, American Dex. Is a dramatic comedy, and this film that I'm, it's actually the first feature I ever wrote, but like, you know, it was about nothing back when back, I wrote back it. Back when we wrote it. Yeah. Dog, same, same thing. Yeah. I'm going back and back, oh, this shit was about nothing, but now it's about something. Exactly. Like, yeah. And yeah. I'm revisiting this feature I wrote called Never in Your Wildest because mm-hmm. I've lived more, you know, and now, oh, now I know what this is about. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is these are comedies about people who are. Going through some real shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for, you know, to give context, American Dex, for people listening, American Dex is 
based on a job that I had when I was in my 20s, mm-hmm. in my early 20s, where we went door to door asking people if they wanted estimates for to get a deck on the back of the house. Very suburban thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this place where I worked, I don't think I can say the real name, but uh, American Decks is you know a, a mix, a, a remix of the actual name. Um, everyone that worked there was suffering through extreme trauma. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone that worked there had been to prison and come out, mm-hmm. or they were, you know, they were in the street. Uh, one of true story, one of the guys that I worked with was a pimp who later graduated to robbing banks. Like that's these are the kinds of people that I worked with. <laughs> Marvel, get that nigga in your movies. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's insane. I love it. Yeah. Um, another guy I worked with was the biggest acid dealer in Woodbridge. Where I grew up, you know yeah. what I mean, like, and he would use the time at work to like make runs and drop offs, and I would, oh, I'd 100%. be, 100%. I'd be in the van with him. So these are the kinds of people I worked with, and I, you know, I was a you know college student, you know what I mean, and I'm looking around like, yo, these are broken people, but here I am with them, realizing I'm broken too, because mm-hmm. I didn't want to go to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I'd gotten bullied my entire life and mm-hmm. like I I finally left Woodbridge and I didn't know who I was now that I was in this place where no one knew me, mm-hmm. you know? So when I came home and worked at this place and with these people, I was like, wow, I'm one of these people and I'm learning so much about the prison industrial complex and, and all this stuff because I'm talking to people who are actually in it. Yeah. And talking to addicts, you mm-hmm. know, and realizing for the first time what I learned in school about these kinds of people is not real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was jarring to me. So all this heavy shit, I'm writing a comedy about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and Never In Your Wildest is about you know a black woman who is a stand-up comic who gets you know something stolen from her mm-hmm. by a white man. Mm-hmm. And that white man get success yeah. after stealing from her. Yeah. And because of the power dynamic, she struggles like, do I just take this? Or, you know, because... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she also works in the media. This is where I found the end. Yeah. Ironically, it was a, a white friend of mine who gave me, like, the end for this. Yeah. You know? is like, I used our digital media experience and I was like, if she gets this joke stolen from her, this white man blows up because of, like, this set, mm-hmm. this audition telling her literally stealing her voice yeah doing her set blows up mm-hmm. and she, because of the power dynamic she has to like you know wonder what do I what action do I take mm-hmm. meanwhile she also works in digital media yeah and like is going through all that where they're also stealing for, her finessing voice finessing her shit finessing her shit damn like that's some traumatic shit but you know like me it's also so absurd mm-hmm. That like, that's what happened to me all the time. Yeah, like, why people love to bite white black because like at the end of the day, like again, like let's let's look at just like the move of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like that shit was born of like people having a good time, and then yeah. some niggas were like, nah, this is the real shit that we deal with. And they yeah, that over the beat, and then fucking Nancy Reagan and all these people were like, don't listen to hip hop. It'll Negro turn your kids that. Negro, and yeah. you're like, what? Well, or oh, fine, all right. <laughs> I'll turn your kids Negro. <laughs> listen to the fucking throat goat over here. Yeah, but like, but like it's 
it was that shit, and it was like we gotta put parental advisory labels mm-hmm. on black people's music, and, shit like, and it's like, yeah, that's but like no one was listening to the messages that were in it. They were yeah. just like, oh, these are just people who are glamorizing drug dealing yeah. and the violence they see every day. I was like, no, they're telling you what's happening. Yeah, and we're not building any systems. So when people like that are young rappers now who like grow up in the hood and try out the projects, and like they come out and they put out tracks and albums, you're like, yo, this is fucking terrible, yeah. misogynistic. I was like, we have in the 34, 30, maybe 40 years of hip-hop not done nearly enough yeah. to help support the cultivation of healthier practices for these people so they can come out with different types of music. So, like, it is the music is a reflection of their circumstance. Mm-hmm. And some people get the media training, they learn, they meet yeah. people, and things change up for them. Yeah. And, like you said, you met some addicts. Oh, you know. It's like, I watched an Above the Influence commercial. You're supposed to melt into the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not supposed to be a real person. You're yeah. supposed to be a balloon. And you meet drug dealers, and you're like, you're supposed to be a diabolical mustache-twisting villain. 100%. Like, but you're just broke. Dog. You know what I'm exactly. saying? It's like, oh. Yeah. You know? Like, and then you meet people who are like, oh, yeah, I was in jail for 25 years. Like, oh, my God, did you almost kill someone? I was like, nah, it's all a dime bag. And yeah. Then, it's <laughs> and like, and apparently there's a bench war out for me because I did something. And yeah. Like, if the whole system's built for you to fail if, if yeah. you don't get the information or get to a place at a certain time. Yeah. And it's, you know, not fair. And because you shared a project, like, I, one, the story is very much how I felt when I was working at the place mm. that you were working at. So that is. That's its own thing. But secondarily, this show I tried to sell to a company. It didn't go. A show, this movie I tried to sell to a company. Mm-hmm. It didn't go. But the idea for it was similar, uh-huh. where this black woman who's like doing stand-up in, on, the, on the West Coast mm-hmm. does is... I think I told you a little bit about this, like mm-hmm. some, uh, fall 2020. Um, I got off... They said, hey, can you write a... You know, can you write a feature on this topic. I'm like, mm. easy, let's go. Yeah. And I, was, I was like, no, literally that's Mom my thing. And I, I write oh, features in a it's week. It's like, yo, bro. excuse me, excuse me, I does this? Yeah. <laughs> like, excuse me, I does this. Yeah. So, um, the idea was that she was doing stand-up and doing jokes and she had, she was like doing the internet shit. Like, I'm doing TikToks, I'm doing yeah. like Instagram videos, da 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 And some like, you know, white girl who's black fishing on the East Coast mm. steals her shit. Wow. So she's like, oh shit, I need to travel across the country and get my jokes back. Mm. So her, alongside another black man who's like, you know, trying to support her, yeah. like they decide they're going to do a cross-country trip. Uh, they, they go that they follow this person on a tour. So Atlanta, mm-hmm. Chicago, New York. That yeah. person's in New York. And in Atlanta, you see that like this black girl, she doesn't feel right in this place. It's not they're not the same black people that mm-hmm. she has that she's dealt with in California. Chicago is different. Yeah. And like she's following this person to all these different places and she's experiencing just like little bits of like racism, prejudice. And some places where she's like actually getting into places. Yeah. And she finally gets to New York and finds out that the person uh, it was music. It was music. Yeah. Um that this girl is about to sign a deal at the, that is a party to sign a deal yeah. and this girl is going to sign it and then basically your life is gone. You don't exist because this person now has the notoriety and everything like yeah. this. This woman who stole your shit, this black fish, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And she's like, no, nah, I'm going to get there with no dollars in her pocket and like she finally makes it to New York yeah. and like breaks in, gets to the party. You get there and you realize the person you've been following the entire time has been the white woman who thought this black woman stole something from her. When in reality, it was actually the black woman's thing the entire time. And this white woman was so entitled yeah. to what black women have that she went all the way across the country. And then you start putting the pieces together. You're like, yo, you got through the hospital really quickly. How'd you get in and out of Brooklyn yeah. when you dealt with the police? That so quickly? wait, so like you think you're following, you're taking you, the journey with a black woman. You're taking a journey with a white, white woman, woman who thinks that she's black. Ooh. 
And yes, uh, yeah, I burned that idea on here because I want to say it again with my fucking chest. I does this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I make ideas. Yeah. And like, I make ideas. <laughs> Walt Disney who? Uh, but like, some funny shit. You gonna let me in the room, yeah, Walt like, Disney? Walt Disney, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I I watched that Sway joint yesterday. I I rewatched it yesterday because I was like, you know, Kanye, yeah, yeah, yay fascinates me. And, um, you know, know, not to derail, but like, I don't know what to believe when it comes to yay Mm -hmm. because we know how media works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And how it gets poisoned yeah, and twisted and exactly. it's, it, it's facts but it's actually a very clickbaity headline exactly yeah, so like they're they're posting things that Ye is posting mm-hmm. and people in media are commenting mm-hmm. co- commentating on it yeah and it's like damn is this real and then I watched the Sway interview <laughs> cause I went on a deep dive yeah. and I was like when you gonna let me in the room Walt Disney I was like I, I dog just, listen man she was funny I don't know. It's funny, but not funny. It's so wild. Like, and it, it is that. And that's why I like stories, right? Like, I yeah. love telling stories. I love finding stories. Because, like, what I've liked about that story so much is that, like, this white woman was so entitled, and we believed things the entire time. The yeah. one the one bit that I really wanted to put on screen so badly was in her room. She It looked slightly Afrocentric, like, mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, she cares about black people that much. or Because, like, white people in this country, a lot of white people still only see blackness through a screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. used to get it through oh, headphones. Yeah. They only see it through a screen. They don't interact with it. Oh, yeah. They want to emulate it in different parts of the country. And that's... And, that's this is where we are but like she had a poster in her room that says it's yours take it and by any means necessary so when you realize that she's a white girl it me it feels very weird to see that shit and on her way back so she gets sent back across the country back to where she lives Mm -hmm. and the people who are like yo you're bugging now you understand why they were saying that yeah it's like don't do this but basically she gets She's caught on Instagram smacking the shit out. Of, this black woman smacks the shit out of her. It's like a cathartic moment. Yeah. Because you're like, yo, you're a maniac. You really went across the country for this? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And you find that she really wanted what this black woman had. And I'm just, and and then didn't realize that along the way that she had like walked right past things that like she has that black women don't. The ability to get healthcare very quickly. The ability to right. get paid attention to. The ability to go to uh, um, police uh, yeah. and talk to the police in this sort of way. Like, all of these things, she completely because she's so focused on like the cultural cachet of mm-hmm. being a black woman in mm-hmm. this moment. But on the way back home, and this is the other thing that I want to do, she gets on Instagram and she's getting clowned by some people telling her she should die. The shit that we see, we yeah. also see that there's a group of people that she's been like interacting with yeah. on the way to um, this black this uh, this white woman who's stealing her shit. Yeah, that are like people being like, yeah, take her down. I heard these stories about her. Yeah. And you see that this white woman has now been exposed for being a white woman blackfishing online. And all these people are like, yo, that's crazy. And like you see them typing it out, but you see who's behind it. And it's other people who are also blackfishing. It's like white gays. It's other white yeah. women. It's like Asian people. It's like like Aquafinas of the world. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, girl. You got to catch a stray. <laughs> um, I love Aquafina I, so I, I, much. I, I don't dislike you. And I think that you've done a lot of wonderful things. But like... During Black History Month, maybe don't maybe don't be like I have a target on my head. Don't shoot it, cause guess what, niggas have guns. <laughs> like yeah. shooters shoot. Like I, I, I love Aquafina so much. Dog, and I I have a. She's one of my favorite people. Yeah. But like as a person, person. As a person, person. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't even know her music like that. Yeah. So like my intro to Aquafina, I don't even know about like the Black Tent stuff. Yeah. 
But like, damn, that's unfortunate. But it's a complicated. But everyone com- has everyone has. But it's a com- I was talking to Mars about this. it's a complicated conversation. Like, why does people who don't have who haven't lived through black struggle, uh, why is struggle cool? Why is trauma from the struggle cool? I, I'll and tell also, you why. I'll tell you why. And this goes back to yeah. what I was saying about white people don't have a culture. Yeah. They see that these cultures that they want to appropriate are from struggle, so they want struggle. You yeah. know, and I know Aquafina's not white, but yeah. like But that's the complicated yeah. part about like Asian culture too in this country. It's like mm-hmm. it's still very much, you know, men are infant like women are fetishized, mm-hmm. men are emasculated. It's still that. So yeah. like you grab on the most seemingly masked and strong and cool shit. Yeah. And you do that. And it's hard because like why does why do Asian people have to have a nigga face? Why do white people like Miley Cyrus, Justin Timberlake have to have a nigga face? <laughs> like it's it's there's I'm not trying to get into it. Yeah. I'm not trying to take a side on it. But yeah. all I'm trying to say is that there is a cultural cachet to being black and to struggling, and both those things overlap. And what's even crazier is that these people watch black people as rappers get this money, and they want to do that. And in getting that money and showing and popping style mm-hmm. and shit like that, it's so uniquely black, but it's still so uniquely capitalist to show yeah, other people yeah, yeah. you got it. And it's yeah. like, yo, it gets you really going in circles. But yeah, on the way back, you, she starts getting slowly radicalized because mm. white people are like, you didn't do anything wrong. Fuck that. There's that, that. And she goes towards the people who are supporting her and not oh. the people who are going against her and holding mm. her accountable. So the black woman gives her a little speech being like, yo, go back home and like, yo, do do you. Like, yeah. stop trying to do me. It's not going to happen for mm-hmm. you. And she goes back and she does her. And then the next time we see her at the beginning, we see her a small audience doing her jokes, looking visually black mm-hmm. at the beginning. Now we see as who she really is. Audience full of white people yeah. who are like alt-right mag-ish. Mamadou, that's strong, man. And you know what's even stronger about that? They slapped me in the face when I told them it was a good movie. They were like, nah, there's a lot of Blackfish movies coming out. I was like, dog, come what on. I don't know, bro. I genuinely don't know. I mean, and the reason I mean, why I burned you could it, argue that Get Out is a Blackfish film, kind of, but not really. Uh, not really. Not, I don't know about any other I feel movie. like Blackfishing, like, yeah, definitely for like, I think it's more of like women because it really is the braids, it's the nails, it's the talking, yeah. it's the lips. It's it's more of the feminine attributes that are not, desir- not desirable to people on black women, but when you see it on fucking yeah. you know, Kylie Jenner, it's a little different. Yeah. Um, What's interesting about that too, that excuse to not like get behind that, mm-hmm. is you know, when it comes to films that people of color make, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? There's this idea that there can only be one, mm-hmm. whereas when you know, white people make films, like, how many white movies are the same movie? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, a fun romp where, like, a bunch of white guys get in the bus or train yeah. and they go across the country. Yeah. Antics. They fuck women. and You know what I mean? Yeah. Or this guy really wants to be with this girl, but, like, will he end up with her? I don't know. Like, there's... With us, there can only be one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Highlander. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I think that, like, I think that that's just, you know... Except for Get Out. Everyone tried to redo Get Out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Everyone. Uh, that, and, you know, that's the bite, man. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, you make something and other people want to do it. They want to come out. That's the industry right now. It's mm-hmm. like, yo, this was popular. How do we make our version of this? Mm-hmm. Oh, Abbott Elementary is killing it. Shout out to you, Quinta. But, like, yeah. Abbott Elementary is killing it. What's our school show? Yeah. AP Bio went off the air. What's that? And that, that is the way that the industry yeah. is. So... That is the court vision that you have to have for the industry. Yep. You're looking at all this shit and being like, yo, this is this, this is that, this mm-hmm. is this, this is that. So, I don't know, man. I they think even that- push us to pitch our shows like that. 
this yeah. is this and this yeah, together. At the same time. Yeah, yeah at the same time. <laughs> this is chocolate and peanut butter. This is getting your chocolate yeah. on my peanut butter. And my peanut butter on your chocolate, bong. You it makes it I'm hard saying? for writers yeah. like us who, like, I believe you and I have something in common where we try to write things that are completely original. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you know, you talk to producers and stuff. It's like, well, what is this? It's like, this is this. This yeah. is what it is. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but what's it like? And it's like, okay, I guess... And then you pull references out of your ass, you know? Yeah. Ugh. That's just where we are yeah. as a culture. I think that, like, everything is going to get commodified. And I think that uniqueness is either going to get co-opted by someone else who's not as original. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to get, um, it's going to be a fight to get up there. The shit that, like, we've been talking about, and I'm uh, this, is, this is sucking my own dick OD right now, but, like... <laughs> The shit that I'm trying to talk about and write is like what like a 45 year old seasoned director who's white is like gonna have the ability to do off of like a lazy treatment. And mm-hmm. I am trying to build the world. I yeah, am trying yeah, yeah. to like really sit with these characters and like yeah. what it says about the world we live in, and also keeping it an intimate character portrait. Like mm-hmm. that's that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that like you know I think after working in the industry for several shows. Um, it's not not even, and this is not about anyone specifically before you listen to this, being like, oh, mom, who's this about? I'm like, yeah. you can grow up. It's not about a specific person, yeah. but it's about just being in the industry for two years. You just come across a lot of wingdings, mm-hmm. and you come across a lot of people who they really think they know shit, and, or you come across people who they're, the meeting's about you, but they're talking about them the entire yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, again, it's like, I'm not, I write things that are also, they're based in like, you know, history and lore and mm-hmm. research and sociology. The reason why I do that is because the facts of it are almost undeniable. Of mm-hmm. course, f- phenomena change. We might have looked at this piece of data a little bit differently, and now it means something completely different. That's what science is. Yeah. That's, I look at it like a little bit of an artist in like the fun and the silliness and the characters, but like the science of it is there. The backbone of it is, mm-hmm. is there. And I think that like, you get to the industry and they're lo- that that's not what their eyes are looking for. Their right. eyes are looking for what is our next four quadrant hit? What's our next, uh, who's our next person to put on so we can say that we have the most diverse network? Um, it's it's a lot of that. And I, you know, shout out Showtime. I love you. Like, she just got this job out there mm. and she's killing it. Nice. And um, I'm very happy to hear that. But it's like you, you, the more you get into those rooms and you know it too, it's like, it sucks because someone because someone faceless has yeah. now pitched you a note. They're like, "Do it, or mm-hmm. we'll take your dream away from you." Yeah, and I'm like, "That shit kills me." And that's why I'm happy to hear that you're working there. on your shorts. Yeah, that's why I'm happy I'm working on my shorts mm-hmm. with Ja, and that's why I'm happy that you know we get to sit down and do this podcast. This has been the Lucy's. I guess this is the Lucy's. I guess it's the pack, right? Because we've been talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man. I, I think that like if if I'm going to man, I gotta fulfill the promise. I gotta do it. I'm sorry. I said it at the beginning, but it's it's two things. Like, do you want to be better, or do you want to be better than somebody else? Mm-hmm. And black imagination is always going to be limited by black. Sorry, black progress will always be limited by white imagination, mm-hmm. and white imagination is not just relegated to white bodies. Oh. It's in everything. It's in everything. It's in everything. And it was deliberately uh, made to be so. Yep. Yeah, yeah, man. And we have to build a world we want to, to live in, and we got to make sure that it's not something that we sell. It's something that we invest in, and that investment doesn't have to be financial. It just means to me, 
needs bodies, minds, spirits, and our collective power can power that shit. Mm -hmm. And it means questioning things and not just accepting that jails exist so there have to be bad guys, right? Like, mm -hmm. no, we want, if everyone deserves to live, then we need to let everyone have life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And that, this is very, this, this whole show has been fucking like uh, America centric, but this is global. Like, mm -hmm. this, that's the shit that bothers me too. Is like people forget that there's shit across uh, so, yeah. all these other borders. Especially here, because like we're so quarantined from everywhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, the American exceptionalism, and everyone's eyes are on us. But like at the end of the day, if everyone's eyes are on us now. They'll be like, you know, let me get this shit landscape mode. They are a fucking mess over there. Gotcha. <laughs> landscape mode. Oh shit! You know, oh, you covering the mic? Oh shit! Talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's it's a mess over here, and I think that like. Uh, uh, I'm very glad to have, like we were talking about at the beginning, community and friends yeah. and people to be around because it is isolating when you're thinking all these feelings and you feel like you have to fight, you have to rage against the machine yeah. alone. Uh, yeah, when in sure. actuality, you got people put the battery in your back. And like you said last time we spoke, it's people like you that I know that, you know, who's going to load my gun if we're mm -hmm. in the revolution? It's, yeah. it's, it's what it is. Who's going to put the battery in my back? Who's going to remind me that? None of this matters. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, all you can do is create more space than you take mm -hmm. up. But, Q, tell them where they can find you online. Um, not a whole bunch of places. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Okay. <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I have an IG page, but, like, I'm not on it much. And, at, like, at all, hardly. Uh, so, I'm there. You can follow me or try to follow me. And maybe I'll accept you. But the best <laughs> place... The best place to get to me is LinkedIn and my website, which is qledbetter.com. Gang. And um, I'm going to do a newsletter. I'm going to do the newsletter thing. Oh, shit. Taking a page out of your book. Doug, um, listen, I'll, I'll tell you something about newsletters. I'm the first person who has ever done one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was going to be the last person, but I'm glad if I'm not the last person, it's you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So hit me up on the website. Let me know you want to be on that or on LinkedIn. And um, yeah. Stay tuned. I have a lot. I'm always releasing new st new stuff, and you know, I'm also on all the streaming platforms. I'm a musician too. Mm -hmm. You can get all mm -hmm. my all my work on the streamers, the oh. streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, etc., etc. A a man of many fucking talents. Let yeah. me tell you that. Um, I do a lot of things. Uh, online, you can find me nowhere, nigga. Why are you looking for me? <laughs> are you the government? Are you the cops? No. Uh, as y'all know, I'm not on socials like that. Uh, but I, you know, I got the newsletter. Uh, new shit popping off soon. Uh, more things soon come. So uh, keep it locked. This is the first Lucy's uh, podcast. I'm sure as we get to work together more um, on shit. Uh, and uh, work on you know other development in the future with mm -hmm. Lucy's. Uh, you'll be seeing a cue a lot because that's a constant. That's a collaborator for life, man. That's that's Same. that's my boy, man. You know, man. So, right yeah. back at you. All right. Thanks for locking in. Uh, appreciate it, and we will definitely see you next time. Peace. An ego death production.